Hi, and welcome to On the Road with Higher Ed. I'm Joe. And this is Sarah. And we have returned from a, an epic adventure. We that were. We have. We have, haven't <laughs> we? We were at our. We heard, like you listened to us last time, we were preparing to go out of town to our company's annual conference and visit with nearly 8,000 friends from higher education. Uh, and, and Sarah, we survived. We did. I think we're still recovering. I'm uh, yeah. definitely not back to normal yet. <laughs> no, I, 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 I thought I was good this morning, but I've, I've hit the wall pretty early in the day. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of brain dead at this point. Um, uh, did, first off, most importantly, did you pack appropriately? I did, you know. I mean, well, I was missing a couple pairs of shoes that could have helped. Um, not that I really was, like – missing them. I mean, I didn't think I packed them. I just didn't prepare well in terms of uh, footwear. Now, okay, <laughs> so so for the conference, though, here's here's what I was trying to understand. Were you needing to pack better, better shoes, meaning more comfortable or better being better looking? Oh, no, I was fine in terms of fashion, but better um, in terms of more comfortable. I, I'm telling you, after one of the days of the conference here, my feet like filed for divorce. There was like I was served with papers in the middle of the night. It was rough. <laughs> I had some swelling. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll just be honest. I yeah. could have used some like orthotics or something. <laughs> when I first went to a conference, somebody had told me, and I think it was a scam. They said if at the end of the at the end of the day, like you know, go back to your hotel room because the maid has already cleaned your toilet. You can put your feet in the toilet and flush it, and it's kind of like a, a, a therapy. I don't believe it, though. Okay, that's completely disgusting, and that was somebody hoping that you would do that that uh, did not like you, I think. <laughs> but I had this vision of me sitting on, the, on, like the, on the top, you know, in the tank, and I was like, oh, this is awful. I never did it. Let's be clear. Gross. <laughs> I definitely had my feet, like, elevated <laughs> Yeah. when I got back to my hotel room, just because... I wore heels and then combined with walking for many, many hours a day. It just was not a good recipe. Yeah. What? All right. So what, what do you <sighs> think Sarah was, what was your like top thing? If, you, if I said, Sarah, what was the best thing about the conference? Oh my gosh. Um, could there be two? Yeah. There's no rules. Uh, maybe more than two. All right. Well, I'll say, in terms of the delivery of the conference, that my favorite things were the opening and the closing, both of the keynotes. Okay. All right. Let's, let's, I, I want to talk about those, but I, I think we're going to take more time than, than what we have sort of at the beginning. Yeah. Hang on to that and go to your second one. Okay. The second one was building relationships. So when we talked about preparing for eLive, you know, you and I discussed that I um, this was going to be a very different conference for me because I have a new role mm -hmm. at Lucian that I started a few months ago. So instead of demoing and being at the booth, I had uh, probably like 15 to 20 customer meetings and every night a dinner with customers. So that was really neat for me because in my old role, I didn't really have the opportunity to work with our current customers. So I felt like I wasn't just talking about and showing software, but I was really helping solve problems and getting to know people, not just, um, you know, on a professional level, yeah. but on a personal level, like, what do you, you know, what do you do at the institution? What is your family like? That kind of thing. And really building relationships that will be lasting. And then I can't wait to see those customers again. 
You know, that, it's, it's funny that you say that. So my, mine is, is similar, um, but I'll take a little bit different slant on it. And because I was thinking, you know, what would I tell people about about conferences? And, and, and one of the things I have a sort of a top five, if you're going to go to a conference, we can get to that in a bit. But one of those top five is, you know, the vendors at the conference. So if it, you know, if it is, uh, as you engage with the vendors, if it's, you know, like it, this was our conference, so we were the main vendor, but we had all of our partners there as well. I right. had such great conversations with people um, and they said, you know, came into the, came to our booth with some very specific either questions. Like, I really want to know about this new product or, or I've had the product for a while. I just need some questions answered about something that goes on in the product, right? Maybe it was a, mm -hmm. you know, a degree audit kind of question and they were, and they were looking to help through the graduation process or whatever it was, but there were those little pieces that I was like, that's so important if you're going to a conference, you know? you don't go into a booth and then the salespeople try to, you know, steal you and rob you in your pocket. I mean, it's like, they're there to help you and you're, you're meeting with customers here. You're there to help them. And I think, I think that's really important for people to listen to is that it's okay to go to a conference and talk to vendors. You're not going to like, they're not used car salesmen. You're not going to be, you know, being forced to buy a car on the way out the door. Yeah. That's really interesting because uh, coming, having been in higher ed and working you know, at a customer site, you know, mm -hmm. I worked for an Elysian institution, um, in admissions, every time I would go to a conference, whether it be like, um, ACRO or NACAC or anything like that, I always felt, um, not a Lucian necessarily or data tell at the time. I never felt nervous to talk to them, but I always felt really intimidated by vendors and I would literally like walk in the middle of the aisles and not even make eye contact with any vendors at booths. <laughs> No, I, I, which is really funny because now I am a vendor, but yeah, there's, you know, a connotation sometimes negative with salespeople. Yeah. Um, but now that we're on this side, we realize a lot of times it's not that we really want to sell. We just want to help and kind of have those conversations. So it's really interesting that the tables have turned. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, you know, if I go to a, like smaller conferences for sure, you know, that I've attended uh, as a vendor, you know, I've talked to my friend. He's like, oh, yeah, make sure you've got good candy to try to draw them into your booth because so many people, Sarah, were just like you, and I was too, you know, walk down the middle of every aisle. Don't get too close because, you know, you don't want someone to make eye contact. Don't talk to them. But, again, it's so different when you're on the other side because, truly, the vendors are there to help you, um, and, you know, help help a school with, with a business problem and a challenge and, you know, help them run more efficiently on all those kinds of things. Right. And I think one thing that we talk about a lot is we're not just your vendor, we're your partner, which I think is a really good point. So instead of looking at them as vendors, as vendors, which I did, you know, having been in higher ed, now that I'm on the other side, it really should be a partnership. And I feel like we do a good job of that. And most vendors do. Um, but yeah, it should be a back and forth conversation. Yeah. And, you know, I think something else that you that you mentioned also, um, that's also in my top five things is, is uh be social. It's like, you know, engage with folks, you know, have like you were having dinners with people. And I know there was a lot of folks meeting for coffee and those kind of things, being taking advantage of, oh, and, and the brain dates thing that they had, you know, meeting with, wasn't necessarily with, with, with the vendors, but also meeting with each other. So that networking, just being engaged with other people in higher ed, because you can get, they, they may have already solved the problem that you're dealing with, or they may have a creative solution, or they may be doing a program similar to a program at your school. There's so much, right. so much knowledge that you can share and glean from other people. And I think no matter the conference, whether it's software related, whether it's higher ed, 
any type of event like that, that's really big can be overwhelming, especially for introverted people. I'm not an introverted person (laughs) and it still can be overwhelming for me. But I think one of the things that people tend to do is when they get overwhelmed in a situation like that is they stick to their crowd. So if you came from a Lucian and you're working at a Lucian live, I mean, we've all seen this. There have been a Lucian employees that kind of huddle together and don't even realize they're doing it. Right. Right. And then same thing for maybe like, the registrar's office from an institution, they all stay with their crowd, but you're going to benefit so much more. Like you said, whether it's a brain date or just talking to someone that you bump into in the hallway, not, I guess the best way to describe it is kind of getting uncomfortable uh, because it isn't easy just to walk up to people and say, Hey, what school are you from? And what do you do? You know, but that's where you're going to get the benefit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's that, it's that, you know, I, for some people it is having to get uncomfortable and that's okay. Um, you know, and for others, again, it's just, I think it's, it's, it's reaching out. Well, I was gonna say reaching out of your comfort zone. So to your point, exactly. Right. Is, you know, um, you don't, yeah, I just, I think that's, I think that's good. Okay. Let's take a short pause and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about these keynotes that Sarah has teed up for us. Sounds good. All right, and we're back, Sarah. Let's talk about this. So, they, so the conference had two keynotes. Now, I saw the beginning, and I had to leave early, so I missed the end. So you're going to have to carry the second keynote, but I think we can have a good conversation on the front. Okay, I can do that. So our first keynote speaker, so the opening key, keynote speaker is uh, an author, and I think it's, it's, it's Tara Westover. Tara. Mm-hmm. She wrote, Tara Westover wrote the book, Educator. Correct. And did you finish it? I know you were reading it on the I front didn't. end. I didn't. I really wish I could have, but I had so much. Um, yeah, I had so much to do before eLive and I just didn't get it done. I still haven't finished it, but I'm continuing to read it. I'm not here to judge. I haven't <laughs> cracked the book. So don't. I mean, it's don't, so don't good. I think that's what bothers me is that it's really, really good. Yeah. And normally it wouldn't take me this long to finish a book, but I've been really overwhelmed. With work, well, I've gotten back close. from Eli, so <laughs> yeah. I, so I've got, I do have, I've gotten one step closer. I was at a bookstore with a friend yesterday, and she said, "Oh, this looks pretty." I've heard this is a good book. I said, "Well, I just heard her speak. It's a very good book. I understand." So I bought it for a friend, thinking that when she finishes it, I may, I may pick it up from her. Sounds good. And I don't know if you heard that, but in case our listeners didn't know, I have a beautiful dog named Maggie, and she just graced us with her bark. So. <laughs> Oh, well, she likes to do that when she hears my voice. I know, I it's something about every time I'm on the phone with Joe. <laughs> yeah. So um, what, what stood out to you from, from Tara? Um, I think one word would be resilience. She is extremely resilient. She um, never gave up. So her backstory in a nutshell, don't want to spoil the book, but I think even this is in the kind of panel, right, of the book. Um she never went to school, never stepped foot into a school until she was 17 years old because of the way that she was raised. Uh, so I think a lot of people having lived a life like that probably wouldn't have fought for education like she did, but she even describes things in the book, like standing in the window and watching the school bus go by and knowing that people got that opportunity and she didn't because her parents didn't believe in it and she couldn't go against their wishes. So resilient, I think, is really what I take away from the book. And then even not having finished it, just, you know, probably the third that I've read and then listening to her speak on stage, she 
knew that there was more outside of the home that she was raised in. And I mean, applied to college and got in and not only just got her undergrad, but went on and got multiple degrees after that. So she really never gave up, which is what impressed me the most about her. Yeah. I, 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 I took away several sort of, you know, fun moments. I love that when she sort of said as an aside and, you know, yeah, I put this on an application and it might not have been true, but you guys will believe anything that's on the application. <laughs> I really chuckled at that. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I was, but I was also taken, uh, she, she told a story um, that, you know, uh, and there's a quote that she said here, you know, during my first semester at college, I raised my hand in a class and asked the professor to define a word I didn't know. The word was Holocaust. And I had asked, and I had to ask because until that moment, I had never even heard of it. Yeah, that was unbelievable to me. I mean, we take for granted our education, I think really often, not just higher education, but things that we learned in middle and high school, you know, and some of those in elementary school. And they thought it was a joke. They thought there was no way that she would really meaningfully ask a question like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 you know, it, it, so much that again, like you say, we just take for granted and she had no idea, but she, again, here she was sitting in a college classroom and something that everybody you would assume um, knows now so a financial aid thing I, I really love because uh, she talked about you know receiving I think it was the Pell money mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was more than was more than she needed and, and she was so uncomfortable taking it to begin with because she fought taking it she's like I don't want the money I don't want the money I don't want the money but she wanted to stay in school so she had to take the money the government gave her more than what she needed for class and she was trying to give it back to the government needless to say that conversation did not go well with the the, the uh the the department of ed person she was speaking to on the phone. I loved that. I love that she was so real and honest and (laughs) she didn't know any different, but she has morals, you know, and she just said, Hey, I got too much money. And they said, and why are you telling us this? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Which was their response, which I, I loved and I'll never forget that. Yeah. 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 I mean, her, her, her determination, her down to earth, she was just, you know, yeah, she's got multiple degrees. She was such a real person on stage. I just, I really, really, I think she would be one that I could be friends with and, and share a, a beer or a glass of wine with. I oh, just, yeah. She felt like that kind of real person. So it's funny right? that you say that because uh, Jennifer Albrecht, our colleague who interviewed her, I texted her a picture afterwards to say, you know, great job on interviewing her. Um, and then a picture of them on stage. And then, my one liner was, I want to be her friend. <laughs> and yeah. she said she was even more real backstage and just so down to earth talking to college presidents, like they were friends, you know, just very approachable. That's, that's awesome. So speaking of approachable, yes. How was the larger than life Dr. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal? He was unbelievable. I don't really know what my expectations were, but he, far exceeded them there are I don't even know how to describe it it was he is hilarious he is motivational he's inspiring he's so so funny I never knew how funny he was it was a really cool way to end the conference oh that's good that's good yeah I I was because I was I had to travel out so I was following it on that the hashtag elive19 so I was seeing people, you know, take pictures and, and tweet about his presentation. So I felt like I was there as best I could, but it sounded like it was a bit like on edge, like almost out of control, but really good. Yes. 
It was an interview format, so he didn't, you know, stand and speak at a podium, similar to Tara's format, but obviously very different in the way that it was delivered. <laughs> um, yeah. Our chief customer officer, uh, Chris Collins, interviewed him, and he was complimenting Chris, you know, just kind of teasing him, saying he looked like Gerard Butler. <laughs> and when he began, he was talking so much. You could tell he was so excited and energized to be there that then Chris had to stop and say, okay, can I interview you now? <laughs> so Shaq really took over, which was just hilarious. I mean, the whole audience was rolling laughing, but he also had really neat, meaningful stories that he told about his education and you know, his charity work and what he's given to the community. And he was really unbelievable. And, and he, he has doctorate degree. He does. So he has not only his undergrad, he um, went back to get his undergrad after playing in the NBA because he promised his mom he would, which I love. That's so cool yeah, and commendable. And then he went and got a master's. Um, I believe his master's was from university of Phoenix and then he got his PhD, I think, from Barry University. Hopefully, I'm not wrong on that, but I could Google it really quickly. We'll, 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 get, we'll get the fact. We'll get the fact checkers on, checkers on that. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but he earned but, all but, of them, right? That's that was what I was going to say. Is you know, I think there was a rumor out in the in the uh, in the world that he it was a uh, a fake doctorate or, or an honorary doctorate. An honorary, yeah. So you know, as I do, at many you know. Um, commencements and graduations you know a lot of public figures are given honorary degrees to kind of thank them so for whatever reason it was thought that this doctorate by many people across the world it was thought that this was honorary and he stood on stage and said I don't know where that came from but I earned this PhD um so it's really cool he earned all three degrees and you're correct, Barry. His doctoral capstone topic was the duality of humor and aggression in leadership styles. Wow, that's interesting. Oh, well, he's yeah. definitely got the humor down. I can't imagine him. I'm sure aggressive on the court, but he seems like a big teddy bear. Well, but but you know there are, there are bosses that have both humor and mean streaks and they they can be funny i mean you've seen people sort of out there in the world that that so i, I bet that's you know interesting be very interesting to sort of see that dichotomy um, i don't know that Shaq has that dichotomy but you know other people certainly may yeah. have that as he was studying and he is really larger than life um i had the opportunity to sit in the third row from the stage so i was really close kind of on the side so i was on the corner uh -huh. so i was pretty much almost as close as you could get to him. And it was unbelievable. The pictures that I got of him, um, <laughs> not surprisingly, he was sitting on a love seat because I don't know that he would have fit in one of the chairs that we had. <laughs> His yeah, legs yeah. were so long. I mean, just everything about him. He is really as tall as you can imagine. It's really hard to believe until you see it in person and see people standing on stage next to him and really see the difference. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was big. So uh, will you send me one of those pictures so I can put it as our, our uh, title? Oh title yeah. That's for this episode. Yeah. I have some really good ones. So I'll, um, I have a close up and you can see just how big his feet are too, which is funny. <laughs> um, um, okay. To imagine, you know, I don't know. He's just so tall. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm sure if I read Wikipedia fast enough, I can find out how big his shoe size is. Cause it is, I think it is something that's, quite significant no it's crazy like 
yeah, there's no way that they sell shoes that big in a shoe store. No, 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 no. He'd have to, he'd have to get, um, he'd have to get them specially made. I know. I have a feeling you're looking it up now. Um, I might be trying to see <laughs> if I can find it real fast. I feel like it's probably like a size 15 or something. Just Yeah, guess. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know the answer. You'll see when you see the picture big. what I mean. It's crazy. All right. Well, I'll, I'll look it up before we post it. Sarah, thanks for calling today and, and chatting. Um, I think we have some some good stuff and people will um, enjoy this. And, and I'm glad you had a good conference. I know I did. And hopefully by the next time we record, we'll both be um, rejuvenated. I really hope so. <laughs> so. Oh, oh, one more thing. I got like, there's all kinds of exciting news. Let's wrap up today. We are available, I think, on like nine different platforms. Now. Oh, yeah. I just got the, I got like the email for Overcast. And, and I know I can find us out there on Apple, uh, Pocket Cast, everywhere. We've got a Facebook page. So if you search Facebook for On the Road with Higher Ed. Um, and remind me, Sarah, I want to tell a funny story that I heard about high, uh, our name of our podcast. Um, not this oh, time. Yeah. Let's talk about it next time. <laughs> I remember it. So I'll remind you. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. So um, I'm Joe. And this is Sarah. And we hope to see you on the road with higher ed. Yay!